excited to be a part of this new series here at Applied Software. Um, when I came here, I started thinking about what is it I was missing? I was on the other side of the industry not that long ago, and I was very busy. I didn't have the time to uh, keep up with trends, keep up with going in this ever-changing industry. Uh, and But I, w I wanted to know. And so when I came over here, I thought about, you know, what was I missing? What did I want to know? And, and that's where this came about is, you know, the, I have several objectives that I want to achieve with these talks. Uh, the first is I want to be able to provide insight. So whether it's I bring someone in and we talk about something really cool that's going on, something I've seen, something I've researched, but I want to be able to provide you with that insight. I want to then generate interest. I want you to be able to take what you do in your day-to-day -day job, you, whether it's your, your company workflows, whether it's just what you've studied, combined with what insight I can provide, and hopefully we can do something which would be really exciting to start a conversation, move towards something else, and then push these technologies that already exist uh, into realms that maybe weren't possible before. So, you know, what did we decide to do first? Well, we decided to talk about artificial intelligence and machine learning because it's pretty cool. Um, I was going to think about doing a poll to see how many people actually interact with AI. I'd be curious to know whether you think you interact or not. In a second, we'll look at some examples to actually decide if we are. Uh, you know, so what is artificial intelligence? We've seen movies about it. Uh, we've seen how it takes over the world. Uh, it's super scary. Um, but really the intelligent part is, um, you know, we look at how can a computer uh, exhibit intelligent behavior? So it doesn't mean human behavior. Uh, what it really means is how can a computer do smart tasks? Any input that goes into it is human input. So it's really it's artificial intelligence. One of the big technologies that you'll hear about or we'll see is machine learning. And what machine learning really is, is it's what powers AI on recognizing algorithms and finding patterns within those algorithms. So one thing it requires is a ton of data. Now, one thing we'll see in our industry is we're not really good at keeping track of all the data. So that's something we all have to work for is how are we going to compile all this data so that then we can have a computer run through algorithms and actually learn over time different patterns. And we're going to look at a couple examples in the next few minutes about how machine learning actually, uh, how it actually works in the industry and in other industries as well. So there's one more thing that we need to keep in mind, and it's the Internet of Things. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a Nest thermostat or a version of a Nest thermostat, and it can recognize when I'm in the home, when I'm not in the home, it can connect to my phone, it can connect to my, uh, my Alexa app. And really it's through the internet and connectivity that we have this internet of things. So everything is communicating with itself. Um, we're we'll able to pass data back and forth. So how does this play into AI and machine learning for our industry? Well, really what it's gonna do is help us when it comes to real-time analytics. Uh, because now I'm going to be able to monitor different things because they're now all talking to each other. And, you know, you've probably heard of a smart home with all the things I just talked about. I even got a switch so I could plug in uh, uh, my Christmas tree. My wife hated the idea, but I thought it'd be really cool just to be able to talk to a switch. Well, it's all part of the Internet of Things. Those three components are really what's going to be used to push AI in the industry. So again, I wanted to do a poll, or I thought about doing a poll, because I wanted to know how many of you think you're interacting with AI. Well, if we look at, um, at this slide, 
all of this has some AI technology behind it. So everyone's on Facebook or almost everyone. The ability to recognize your face is actually through machine learning and algorithms to do that. And we're going to talk about image recognition in a little bit, which I think is pretty cool. All the things on the other side, Amazon, Netflix, Pandora, they all use algorithms so that they're able to get your favorite show on there. So when I log on, it shows all the shows that I might like. Or for Pandora, it's going to show me songs that are similar to something I just heard. Now, we get used to just doing a thumbs up or thumbs down, but it's actually kind of incredible that we're able to listen to a song and through an algorithm or through AI, it's able to pick other songs that are similar and then they can feed that back to us. Or whether we have an Alexa or a Siri, here we're actually talking to computers now. It's all part of this AI technology. So then the question is, okay, well, how does this actually apply to my industry? You know, where are we going to have this fall or fit? So when I started looking at um, trends or adoption, you could see construction and you know AEC in general is kind of lagging. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, one is the data. Again, we touched on that a little bit, but I think the key thing to focus on is the areas that actually are using AI technologies. There's a lot of similarities in these industries. You know, for instance, one of the ones I saw was um, sort of the rail industry or trains. And were, there are some instances where they're able to uh, mount cameras on top of a train or in the train. I don't know how they do it exactly, but what they're able to do is as the train goes through a station, it can monitor the conditions of the station. So we're checking job sites. Um, we're checking just overall conditions of the station it goes through or the tracks. And this data, real-time data, is being then sent back to some sort of engineer who's able to monitor all this. So again, this is all image recognition, but we'll see in a second where how parts of that concept can actually apply to our industry. So again, you know, as I'm trying to just provide you with some overarching um, insight, Think about what the under, other industries are doing. Think about your own workflows. And if we could start that conversation, we might be able to identify what works, what doesn't work, because it's working for some and not for all. So, okay, AI for our industry, where do we actually see happening? Uh, this is a pretty cool example that I saw. And in this, uh, they call this Vinny, I think. It's a smart video. But effectively, where it's being used a lot is for safety. So what's happening is... We have drone footage, we have images, uh, they're constantly monitoring a job site. They're able to identify because at some point someone put all this data into what is a dangerous or precarious situation. So now we see that I can tell that this, you know, this individual is on a ladder, maybe there's steel behind him. Does he have a hard hat on? Does he have a, um, a harness to keep him from falling? Where are they in the, on the job site? Are they in an area where it's no longer OSHA compliant? So now I can have all of this feeding back to one individual so that then they can monitor everything or alert someone when we're about to have an instance. So not only can we um, prevent a precarious or dangerous situation, but we can also acknowledge when something is happening and we can take corrective action. And we're not replacing any individuals because they're still going to have to have to go to the site or reach out to the individual. But it gives us a larger, vaster view. So it's really great for smaller companies who can't have a staff of 20 to you know 25 safety uh, individuals. But we could have AI monitoring all the images, and then we can have a few people that are actually monitoring the AI or providing that information. Now, 
this is a pretty neat thing when it comes to architecture. Now, this is an example that I saw in which um, they fed a bunch of different styles, and in this instance, it was a Baroque style, uh, into their algorithm. So they fed it a ton of images of floor plans that were Baroque style images. The computer or the algorithm was able to determine or match patterns and identify areas of there's large columns here or there's big open spaces here or whatnot. And so once it knew what how to recognize a Baroque architecture floor plan, then what they were able to do is they could feed it a regular floor plan. The AI or the uh, machine learning algorithm that they created would be able to analyze the plan, pull it into a wireframe. That's kind of what we see in that middle. And then from that middle, what they're able to do is identify areas that look kind of like a Baroque style and then turn it into a Baroque style floor plan. Now, again, this is a very unique instance, but if you start to think about, okay, well, how could I use this? You know, what are other instances could we do here? Well, this is from that same, uh, same individual and they did a great job. And this kind of ties into generative design. Now we may have all heard of this, and if not, I'll explain what that is in a second. But you can see here, they have a bunch of different options that this image is reiterating through. And so they can send this floor plan through, they can analyze it to change the style of it. You know, maybe they want something that maybe Mies van der Rohe did or a Frank Lloyd Wright floor plan, but they can create a bunch of different iterations through um, using AI machine learning. So when it comes to AI when it comes for a generative design, I've seen this example before, and I think this is a pretty cool example. Um, now what we're seeing is there's a lot of people using the visual programming that we all have available to us. And what the visual programming does, uh, you know, something like a Dynamo, I can create different scripts and I can create different workflows in which I'm able to run, a set, I can come up with a set of rules. All right, let's start there. I'll come up with a set of rules that say adjacency is equal this. I have to have this much space here. I need six feet from my corridors, or I need visibility to all my patient rooms. So I set those rules up. I run those rules through something like a dynamo, where I can actually get geometry to be placed in different places. And then I can come up with thousands of iterations. So no longer are we stuck with just the one or two ideas that I have or the things that I've seen in the past, but now what I'm able to do so I'm able to come up with thousands of options and really pare that down to the right option. Now, again, we're not replacing me because what I need to do is I need to go in and I need to identify those rules. So I need to be able to tell the computer um, in this instance that I wanted to do this, this, and this, or these adjacencies are important, or this is my program, run through all those iterations and then spit out different options to choose from. Again, it's all machine learning, it's all generative design. This specific case was on a much um, larger scale. We were looking at uh, a site. So, you know, this individual, they were looking at um, some excuse. And they gave them the rules that they wanted, and then they were able to run it through their algorithm. And again, using, uh, I think this was using um, Refinery. So there's a Dynamo connects into Refinery for Autodesk. And they were here able to create thousands of options that they could analyze and identify the best one. Now, the next thing I want to look at, and again, the whole intent of all of this is just show you what's possible, show you what's out there, what we're seeing spark and generate interest. 
And then as we move on, we could say, okay, I saw what we talked about, but that doesn't apply to me. Well, maybe it does. Let's find out how it applies to you and push it forward. So digital twinning is a pretty interesting concept and it's been a while, around for a little while. Uh, you know, we're all you doing BIM models now uh, so that we have that data of the actual virtual version. Uh, but what digital twinning really is doing uh, is it's kind of a process of it uses the internet of things. So it's connecting real-time data to you know, what's happening on the site, perhaps. It's connecting it back and forth to the actual BIM model. So it's not just a BIM model now, it's that connection between the two. And then we're gonna analyze and we can um, study performance. So in a second, we'll show you a quick clip and we'll talk through how this one company actually has a, uh, the ability to overlay a digital model on top of live drone footage so they can check for scheduling. When you look at this image, you can see we kind of have the physical space and the virtual space. So one, we can send data back from the physical space to the virtual space. We can identify uh, what actually is already built. You know, maybe it's a really compact site and we got to figure out how we're going to um, stage the area. We got to figure out even where we're going to put cranes or where we're going to put materials. So I have this virtual or this physical space sending data back to my virtual model. My virtual space, I'm analyzing, figuring out, you know, best practices, what we should do, scheduling, and then pushing that information back to the physical space. So again, they call them the digital twin because they're always sort of the same in tandem, kind of moving upwards. So we're going to look now at uh, an example of this. And so once we have that, cool. So what we're going to look at is how we have, have they took a point so in cloud that is drone data and they're overlaying it on top of actual digital model and so you can here they're able to figure out um, how far they are in the process or behind in the process so with their virtual model they were able to determine this is where we should be at this time or this is our next step, and they can compare it directly to the, uh, the virtual model or the point cloud, the live drone footage. So they'll be able to constantly um, update this drone footage, and then they can keep tracking the status, and they can see where we're going to go. So again, I think that's a pretty cool example of what digital twinning really is. Now, you know, again, this is a new company uh, that is sort of pushing this technology. And it, it, it works really well, or I can see it working really well. Because now I can sit inside a uh, office and I'll be able to get live footage of what's going on in the site. And I'll be able to see where we are uh, progress-wise. And everyone can stay on top of that. Now there's another instance of where uh, machine learning is kind of being used or pushed a little bit. And it comes, or it, Esri did quite a, some extensive studies on twin uh, digital twinning, and they looked at how they can use it for site selection. Uh, I think that's a really powerful opportunity is in site selection because there's already all this data in um, things like Esri or ArcGIS, and now what we're able to do is we can use these algorithms, we can use uh, machine learning to be able to analyze all of these sites, spit out sites for um, client, you know, maybe I'm, you know, we'll look at another example in a second, but maybe I'm doing, a, you know, a new senior living facility, for instance, 
and we could actually potentially have a, uh, a machine learning algorithm that monitors uh, demographics, aging population. So we all know that the population is aging. There's going to be a need or um, a desire for more senior living. And so now we could have this uh, machine learning monitor the demographics, monitor the aging population. Once it hits a threshold, alert someone. Maybe it's you know, a developer, or maybe it's the county or the city, and I have an example for schools, but alert someone that we've hit that threshold. We need another facility. Or we could use our machine learning in combination with something like Esri. And what we could do is we could be able to uh, monitor their demographics, monitor their location, and identify areas that need one. So not just, hey, we're, we're too full, but there's a void over here. Um, you know, like I just went to Chick-fil-A for lunch and I hate ending up in a Chick-fil-A desert where I don't have any Chick-fil-A's nearby. Well, it's the same concept of being able to use this technology algorithms to be able to study areas and identify places that are needed and then put one so that everyone is available to get to a, a senior living facility or a school. So again, you know, the intent of this is to be something that I can just provide a little bit of insight. You know, I, you know, I never want to go too far in any one topic because the, I want to get your input. I want you to be able to take your own workflows and your own uh, concepts and apply it to the technologies that we're looking at. And before we look at another example, uh, I had an interesting one sent to me by a colleague actually last night. It didn't make the presentation, but it was something worth mentioning. There's a new startup where what they're doing is, is for home builders. I can log on to their website. Now, any home builder architects aren't going to necessarily like this, but I can log on to their website. And how I design a 3D model, I don't even know yet because they're in early stages, but their idea is that I could go in, we could design my home, and then using AI, using machine learning, it would be able to immediately create a set of documents to build that home. And then I can go find a builder right from there. Now, again, they're advertising getting rid of an architect. As someone in the industry, I, I don't advise that, nor do I like the idea, but the concept is actually kind of fascinating. So now we can take, but think about what that actually requires us to do. We'd have to be able to feed that information, such as floor plans, sections, roof plans, all of the drawings that go into a set of drawings. Or and to be able to tell the computer what actually is a floor plan. What do we need to get a permit? What are the information that we need to build a building? Once we give the computer that information, the next thing we do is allow it to analyze our project. I kind of think of it as, um, I love Legos. And I found a website that allowed me to go on and I could build my own Lego. And so what I did was I designed a house and I wanted to build it in Legos. I thought it'd be really cool. Now, granted, it was going to be 150 bucks when I got it, so I didn't do it. Uh, but what was cool is I built my Lego and then I hit play. And not until even now do I think about what actually was happening in the background because the next thing I get is I get a booklet of instructions and a kit. And so what that program was, was a, a version of machine learning. So when I built up my Lego house and I hit play, it immediately sort of de-engineered the whole thing and then reanalyzed what's the best way to build this. All right, so now 
how it says, okay, you do this piece before this piece, and in order to get to this, I build it here. And then they gave me a booklet through however many steps. It showed me all the different pieces I would need for each step. So taking that same logic, you can apply that to this startup or apply it to this concept of if I just build a model. So all I'm going to do is just build my model up, and then I want to hit play. And all it does is it analyzes what is the best way to build this. And then let me give you that booklet of information so that you can actually use it to build. I mean, I think that's really cool. Now, whoever can do that, I mean, it's going to be great. So, you know, that kind of leads into the what, what's possible. Uh, and a lot goes into looking at what the other industries are doing. Now, supply chain optimization. Uh, I actually just had a class um, where I went over supply chain and I had to do this whole module or this um, simulation where I needed to monitor everything from raw materials all the way down to shipping. It was actually really tough. Uh, I spent a lot of time getting nowhere on it. But what I realized is that same AI technology is used in supply chain optimization. They're able to use it for uh, scheduling or routing to who their suppliers are or shipments or ordering or monitoring materials. Okay, so how does that apply to our industry? Well, in construction, we have to bid out projects. We have procurement. We have materials. So why can't we use the same thing that the supply chain people use and apply it to our industry? It's certainly possible. It's just a matter of actually doing it. So now we might be able to automate that aspect of our business. Now, this is a concept I have that I think would be really cool. So if any of you guys do it, I have told you to do this. But how cool would it be if I could on the on the side over there, so the, the one axon is my Revit model. What if I was able to use image recognition just like the train, right? So I can see what's in my area. What if I use that image and I hit a button? And what it does is it looks through a library of details or it looks through a library of manufacturers. And then what it does is it gives me some outputs and says, okay, well, it kind of looks like this. I see an EFIS and a window there. So here's a detail that uses EFIS, or it's from Conier's website or some something like that. Um, and you know, we can already search in Google with an image, so it's no different. But I could just search a database, find a handful of things, and then I now have a tool for learning. So I could be a young intern that has no idea how this window gets built or how this parapet gets designed. But if I just zoom into my model and run it through my uh, database of uh, cut sheets or database of details, I can quickly identify what is the right solution and be able to further push that. Again, it doesn't exist. Maybe it does. And if it does, reach out because I'd love to see it work in, in um, practice. And then this one kind of touches on uh, the same concept as senior living. Uh, I think there's a huge play for this. Being able to analyze uh, demographics, the population, alert us when it's time to build a school. So we reach that threshold and says, all right, Mr. Superintendent, Mrs. Superintendent, we need to build a new school. Let's not put 15 trailers in the back. Let's actually build another school. And it needs to be in this location because of its connection to these things. So we're using stuff like Esri and we're using these databases to be able to say, all right, I have schools here, here, and here. And this is uh, why we need another one, because our population has hit, uh, uh, you know, kind of a, a too high. You know, we don't have enough capacity. 
So I kind of want to end there. Um, you know, I put what's next. I, I think there's a ton of opportunities that we haven't even touched on. Uh, all the research I did, our industry is, it's not lacking. I mean, it is lacking, but this whole technology, it's still new. Uh, we're still figuring out how to use it. But with the BIM technologies we already have in place, it's really a matter of how we're going to use the Internet of Things. So now we have this connectivity to everything. And how we monitor what the other industries are doing. So if we're able to see what they do, maybe we can glean some information and apply it to our own industry. Now, I hope that by having these talks, we can generate more ideas. So my intent is simply to tell you what I see, bring people to tell you, you know, people a lot smarter than me to talk about these things. But once you get exposure to it, then we might be able to say, hey, well, what about this? Or, you know, what's possible here? So, you know, I hope this was enjoyable. Uh, we're going to have several more of these in different topics. Now, they're not all going to be machine learning. I mean, I think that I could do a whole series on that. Um, but again, I, the, I hope that we'll, this will be helpful as we can provide insight to everyone who's super busy. And hopefully we can start a conversation. So thank you.